Welcome in another edition of the Key Podcast. Brian Marcolini, Joey Coogan, Pearson Boer. We're talking basketball, which things have been good until they until they weren't, and Tech loses to uh, Wake Forest to end the year. I guess so. I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, Pearson, that loss kind of sucked yesterday. Yeah, it stung pretty hard. I mean, after such an offensive. Um, first half to come out in the second half and lay such an egg it was a huge downer <laughs> not to jump on matt galloway on senior night but his brief stretch on the floor led to a couple of tide turning and ones that gave wake some much needed confidence and dampened the atmosphere in castle and you know in a game that wake needed more than tech you know tech's kind of playing for seed at this point it wasn't the way that you wanted to let guys like Seth Allen and Zach Lede go out, but more importantly, to see such a promising game go so wrong doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth heading into a potential rematch on Wednesday in the ACC tournament. Joey, you wrote the gamer. Is there is this kind of indicative of maybe some problems Tech will see moving forward because we're we're into tournament time now, or is it just kind of like a they just they just had a bad half and and that that's just kind of what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a little bit of both. When you're when you're such an offensive-oriented team like Tech is now almost by default because of kind of the, the makeup of their roster, when you go cold and for really a whole half like Tech did in the second half against Wake Forest, but when you go cold and, and kind of can't make up for it on the defensive end and, and get enough stops and, and Bryant Crawford just goes off, you kind of see what happens. Um, so I think Tech, I mean, it's not – like I'm, I'm not overly concerned about the loss yesterday. Like Pearson said, Wake – Definitely had a lot more to play for. Um, but it is concerning that, like, when if you go cold for even a five or ten minute stretch, that if you're not getting stops on the defensive end, kind of the tie can turn pretty quickly. And, and we saw that yesterday. Yeah. Pearson, going back to what you were saying about kind of Buzz's, uh, Buzz, Buzz's effort to get all of his seniors in, or almost all of his seniors in on, on senior day, that low key messed up everything they did because they didn't just play Mac Galloway for a really bad two minute stretch, um, where he gave up two and ones, but also two guys who don't usually start Seth Allen and Zach Lede both started and it, and it messed up their rotations the entire, the entire game. And I just, they had a great four to five minute spurt at the beginning of the half. And that, ha- that spurt usually comes halfway through the first half because that's when Zach and, and Seth finally get going. And so I just, I can't, I can't stop thinking that maybe had buzz just stuck to the regular lineups, we would have, we would have seen maybe a little bit of different of a, of an output from tech. I wonder too, how much, you know, there's a lot of discussion at the start of the second half when, um, when John Collins was on the bench with foul trouble, they, Coming out with Lede in that scenario makes sense when you're looking at it as sort of a one-to-one comparison. The problem was was that Tech failed to sort of step on their throat and really pull away. They let Wake hang around, and then once Collins re-entered, looked like a man possessed. Yeah, the atmosphere completely changed. And but to your point, you know, when you only get five minutes out of C, um, and you're getting Justin Bibbs playing forty minutes of the game the whole rotational aspect of things changed and where they can sort of run you out of the building because some of their most dynamic players are fresher than a lot of other team starters. They lost that. And you could see down the 
stretch, they just didn't have the usual burst that's helped them come from behind late or close games out. Yo, I will say, though, we by we, I mean one of us on here, Joey, has been has been kind of hard on Lede this year. He played really well, and and he's the big re- he's the big reason why Collins had to sit for a lot of the first half because he just he just took it to him, and so uh, I he he played well, and I just if he I just guess if he if he came off the bench, maybe maybe things would have been different. But also, he's a big reason why Collins had to sit for most of the for most of the first half. So I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of um it's it's hard to go back and and change anything or it's hard to go back and try to change anything in your mind because that's the way it happened but uh it was it was pretty tough and i think too you could see it from the beginning of the game when lade has that fu face yeah, yeah i mean i think after his first end one he uh he did his little weird flex where it wasn't a full flex but he just sort of had his elbows out and he was grimacing he he came in with the attitude that you would expect from him on senior day and you know having this sort of sense of ownership over the game and pride and i i almost wonder psychologically having lost that game now and knowing if they are faced with a rematch on wednesday does he come out with even more of a chip on his shoulder and continue to take it to collins in that same exact fashion yeah i i think so i i think it'll also be interesting to see how much Wake goes after C immediately to start the game because, I mean, if they get Collins involved early and they get they get a couple early fouls on C, their Buzz has no choice but to put in Lede anyway. And so, there's a reason that that he only played five minutes yesterday. Um, and it, I don't know it. Everyone talks about how bad of a matchup Wake is for Tech, and I can kind of see it because obviously. One one dominant post player can really throw a wrench into things, but I don't know. Yesterday was just weird. It was it was just weird all over. Like my brother, uh, my brother and, and dad were at the game, and he texted me afterwards, and he said the just the atmosphere in the building was was off. It was just kind of it was flat for a while, and then it just got really toxic. Did you guys think the refs were that bad? Because all I I was I watched the whole game. I didn't think anything was. There were a couple bad calls. The the goaltend on Lede, uh, a couple of fouls inside. But there, I didn't think there was anything that was super egregious. And then Buzz got mad, and then the crowd got mad, and then now every all the like the only thing people are talking about are how bad are how bad the refs are. Yeah, I think college basketball refs just like by nature are like are not going to be great. But like like you said, I didn't think anything yesterday was was overly egregious at all. I mean, sure, they missed a couple calls. The goaltending that you called out, which the announcers also apparently didn't know how goaltending worked, which was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, refs are going to make bad calls, and, and Buzz went off on them after the game. Um, but like, I don't, I don't think you can point to the officiating yesterday and say that's why Tech lost. And I think yeah. if you do that, it's kind of, it's kind of just a cop out. It, it's, it's, I don't know. It was, it was just, a, it was such a weird thing to get mad about in a game where Tech just didn't play well in the second half. And it, it's tough to, and it's tough to even talk about it like that too, because they've played so well as a team over the last month or so. And they, they had one bad half, and, and the bad half just happened to cost them the last game of the year. 
So is this a good time to you know look ahead to Wednesday? And Brian yeah. sort of touched on this earlier. The conversation, assuming that Wake and BC uh, that game turns out the way most expect, and Wake comes out on top, um, do we think that Wake is a bad matchup for Tech in, in actuality? I think there is a very clear way for Tech to beat Wake, and it's just to have the guys who can get to the hoop actually get to the hoop. And then from there, work their way out. And so Collins, I mean, Wake was out of sorts when when Collins had to go out. And Tech played played some pretty good basketball when when they were just attacking relentlessly and then finding guys around the arc, which is how that, how they've played really well since Chris Clark's gone out. And so I don't think it's that bad of a matchup. It just happens to be that they have one of the best low post guys in the conference. And that specifically isn't great. Yeah. I mean, John Collins, like, look, John Collins is going to be a bad matchup for outside of North Carolina, pretty much everybody in the league. I mean, he's a potential lottery pick. So like, to say that Wake Forest is a bad matchup is, you know, probably not totally right. But of course, John Collins is a bad matchup. But going into Wednesday, if you if you do get Wake Forest and they beat BC, which I assume they will, like I wouldn't go into that with my tail between my legs, saying, "Oh, like this is a bad matchup because they have one guy that you know we don't we don't pair up with well." I, I think if if you can one get Collins in foul trouble or or two get him in pick and roll situations and move him around the court. I mean, hey, like Wake Forest is a beatable team. They went nine nine in the conference for a reason. I, this kind of reminds me last year uh, on Senior Day, last last game in Castle, Tech destroyed Miami. They like they they beat Miami by twenty or something like that. And a bunch of Miami people were worried because Tech uh, was set to play them in the conference tournament, and that that maybe they they weren't a great matchup for the Hurricanes. And then it just turned out that Miami was better and they won, and they beat Tech. And I, I think this is kind of a, a thing like that. Tech has better players. Outside of John Collins, Tech's talent is better. And so as long as they play like they've been playing for the last month, they should be fine. Yeah, I think you can make the argument, too, that in yesterday's game, yeah, re- refereeing aside, Tech picked up a lot of stupid fouls, Yep, um, gave them a lot, you know, the four-point play from the perimeter, they were giving up a lot of, um, let's say, not when they were fouling, they weren't hard enough fouls near the rim. So they kind of artificially gave Wake Forest a lot of opportunities to come back in the game and, and climb up the ladder. But I think you saw a lot of performances from guys like Austin Arians where he was shooting the lights out in the first half and really kept them moving. Um, Brian Crawford had an amazing game. But to expect, so it's probably unfair to expect Collins to play, uh, obviously, as, as uh, have his minimal of an impact as he had on Saturday. But I think that you could just as easily say that Tech should play better and more consistently than they did. And also that some of these Wake guys are probably going to drop off a little. Crawford doesn't average 26 points a game. Brandon Childress, although talented, doesn't usually make that big of an impact um, on a regular basis. So I I think there's going to be a little, uh, you know, reverting to the mean that's going to occur on Wednesday that should allow us to sort of get a level head when, when, when things come, come to pass. Is the book out on tie outlaw? I didn't think there was much of a book to start with because we, you just know that he's a, he's a shooter who, who probably has dribbled 13 times all year, but he, he hit some open shots early and then Wake kind of closed out on him. And it was, it was the same thing. Um, well, actually we haven't seen it in a while, but 
I I just think like if Outlaw is is a product of the offense that happens, he'll get some open shots. And I I, I think their I don't know, their their reliance on three point on three pointers, especially yesterday, like their their reliance from from deep shots, like they were trying to go through Outlaw a little bit too much. And I, I there's a reason why they only scored thirty seven points in the second half. Like they they just I don't know. Something just didn't look right in the last yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think I wrote it in my gamer yesterday that the book on Ty Outlaw is really like a one-liner. It's don't <laughs> let him shoot open, th- don't let him shoot open threes, and and you'll be fine. So I think tech like Ty Outlaw either needs to score on pick and pop situations, or just like you said, kind of as a byproduct of ball movement and Seth Allen and Justin Robinson driving and and people helping off. But if you know if you're scouting tech, Ty Outlaw is a guy that is not like difficult to guard, but he's a guy that you need to just highlight and say, we're not helping off of him. We're sticking to him wherever he is on the court. And I don't think he can really hurt you. And and some of those pick and pops actually helped Robinson and Allen get to the basket. I mean, there were some times, especially in the second half where Allen or Robinson just got to the basket easily and, and they, they didn't always convert. But if, if someone's going to guard tie outlaw close, especially on those pick and pops, like, Someone's gonna have a, someone's gonna have an easy trip to the basket. Yeah, Al, I mean, Outlaw, Allen, and Robinson are pretty deadly on pick and pops because you're either gonna switch because you can't hedge, so you're either gonna right, switch right. or or just go under, and that opens up Seth Allen and, and Justin Robinson to have open shots. Well, so that that's sort of the I, I think the biggest net positive of all of this too is even if Ty Outlaw can't play up to the level that he has over the last three to five games, he's at least set enough. Um, on paper now at this point where they have to respect him in that pick and pop game. So knowing that guys like Allen and Robinson are going to finish well around the basket, they've got to at least respect Outlaw's ability to shoot from three. Now we just that he doesn't, you know, every time he gets a half of you know, like six inches of space, he doesn't just start letting it rain because, the, you know, as we saw in the second half, that's when things can really go sour. Is Ahmed Hill just not good off the bench or has he just been in a funk that kind of mushroomed uh, against Wake. Because he he was one of the people who had to sit because uh, Buzz wanted to play Lede and Allen from the jump. And so he only played 20 minutes, 0, from five, 0 for 5 shooting, 0 for 5 from 3. Um, he had some rebounds, but he was not, he was not very productive. It, I thought he – I think he's been okay – even when he can't shoot because he's been productive in other places. But yesterday it was, it was not, it was, it wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, yesterday Hill was almost the, like the guy in the pickup game that the other team just doesn't guard because they know that he can't score. Yeah. So like the, the ball just kind of seemed to stop at Hill. Like whenever he got it, he was wide open. It's like, Hey, I got to shoot, which is fine. Like you, if you're open and, and Hill's like, over the last two years has proved it or over the last three years, I guess, cause he missed his second year, like has proved that he's a good shooter, but like right now it's just not going in. And, and if you're buzz, there's not much you can tell him just, just keep shooting. But I mean, Wake Forest didn't guard him yesterday and I think he went over five, but he's, he's one of those guys that as simple as this sounds, he thrives when he starts to see the ball go through the hoop and get confident. He's not one of those guys who can just, you know, roll up on the court cold and just start firing in him from distance. You know, we talked about this off the pod, but what his when he's been at his best, he's been aggressive and attacking the rim, not sitting in the corner and settling for his little Larry Legend set shot threes. 
And so if he can figure out a way to find himself to get in a rhythm, see the ball go through the hoop, whether it's you know from the free throw line or attacking the rim, especially in transition, that's I think those are the times that we see him as a more effective perimeter player too. But as long as he's just sort of stationary, hanging out along the arc, he's not really helping the team out as well because at least Outlaw's hitting those shots. And so he, so he was in a funk, um, and it and it drove a lot from him shooting super poorly from three. And that was kind of in that stretch in mid-January, early February, where Tech was was hot and cold. But he's played really well, basically from Pitt. Uh, from Pitt to Boston College, he played really well in a little four great four game stretch, and it's not it's not a secret that he played well because he started to attack and then found his shot. And so against Clemson, twelve points on six shots, only two of those were from three. Like he just he's great when he gets out in transition, when he even attacks when he attacks the basket from the corner. Like he is definitely someone that can contribute to the team's overall success as a. And he's not just, hey, go stand in the corner and then and guard one of the wing players on the other end. Like I, I think that does him a disservice when he's just over over there pretending to space the floor, basically. Well, and that was his freshman year, right? The our sort of what we loved him for was that he was sort of the quintessential three and D guy as a true freshman. And I wonder if that's but that was sort of his role on that team. Yeah. And then you know, I think coming into this year, I wonder did he put too much pressure on himself? Because if you remember, he came out of the gates firing in the non-conference schedule. And we were all sort of sitting there saying, holy hell, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, it wasn't, we didn't expect him to be that dynamic. And now he's sort of tapered off to the point where we're sort of wondering, how does he fit into this team? It, it's funny, though, to think about when you, when you think back on Hill's freshman year, he was a bad shooter, man. Like, he... He had his moments and he had he had his bright spots, but I just remember because that was when we were allowed to sit on the floor and you would just um, the press ro- press row was on the floor and so you would just see a shot go up and it and it looked good when he left his hand because you don't have a lot of depth perception, but then it like hits the side of the backboard and you're like oh oh no, um, so it's still crazy how much better he's gotten, but I would still say that he's he needs he needs more he needs to do more than just be the guy who sits in the corner and hopes Seth Allen passes to him. And especially because their their bench is so short, he can't play 20 minutes. He can't play 20 minutes. He just can't. Like he ha- he has to play more than that because they don't have anyone else. No, I, I you know, as we said before, I think that um Med- Medhill in the games where Tech's been at their best, even in a loss to Louisville, he has He's brought a level of play um, inside-outside that I think has been very important to this team. The games where he's sort of settled from distance are the games where Tech maybe hasn't been anywhere near as effective. And moving into the tournament where you're playing games you know, every day or every other day, it's we're going to be playing a hot and cold um, sort of scenario here and and the reliance on confidence is going to be huge. But at the same time, people are going to have to pass off responsibilities. You know, we've seen Jalen Hudson go off in the tournament before and then be less effective the next day. So there's going to be chances for people to step up and really carry this team. I think Hill has proven in the past that he has that ability, you know, against Pitt on short rest after the Clark injury, he shot, he played a fantastic game. You know, he finished with 17 points. 
He uh, he went three to six from distance. That's the type of game they're they're going to need from him. Whether it's against Wake or if it's in the second round against Florida State, they need to get contributions from different people right now. And and I think that it's his turn to sort of step up and show it. He just needs to get that killer instinct back. Do you guys? That's a, kind of an interesting point. Pearson, do you think the short rest of the tournament helps or hurts Tech? Because if you're thinking about helps, you it's really easy. We've seen teams get hot and then just stay hot for a weekend, right? So Tech can shoot. And so if they're hitting shots, they can, they can in theory, hit shots for, for four or five days in a row and, and go on a little bit of a run. Um, but also, since they only really play six and a half guys – it's it's tough to it's tough to get to get up and play every single day, you know, back to back to back days. I I've yeah. thought I thought a lot about this in, uh, recently because the, this whole short rotation scares me in some respects. And I, I thought back to a lot of times when I've looked at, tried to fill out my bracket with teams that I'm maybe less familiar with, and you read a lot of bios about them, or you maybe watch them once or twice, and they're the you know in this instance those are the teams that played small rotations. And I remember always thinking to myself, well, you know, they're going to wear down. It, there's a lot of pressure. There's, um, you know, it's physical matchups in a lot of instances. But you're absolutely right. Momentum, I think, ultimately reigns supreme over, uh, let's say, legs. But right. to top it off, I think to, uh, back to all the off-season conditioning videos that we see of Buzz coming <laughs> out there. And I know that a lot of it's sort of propaganda in a sense. Um, but... I truly do believe that this team is extremely well conditioned. You, you don't often see them so worn out where all of a sudden they completely poop their pants, you know, down the stretch. They I mean, it's, it's why they well. it's why they beat Virginia. Exactly, and so I think that's a strength of it. In a tournament situation, they might actually fare better regardless of how deep their rotation is. And so if they can get that momentum that you talked about, Brian, I think that's ultimately what's most important. I don't think fatigue is really going to be an issue. Yeah, because yeah, I think some. Of- you go, I think Joey? some of it is also. I think some of it's also dependent on matchups. Like, do I think Tech can play four straight games against like a Notre Dame team, like in a free flowing offense where where it's not going to be too you know too much to handle inside and on the glass? Like, yes, I do. But like, say Tech plays Florida State on Thursday. Like, Florida State is a team that will beat you up inside. It's just going to be forty minutes of, of hell, really, for Zach Day. And if Ty Outlaw's forced to guard a big guy, I mean, that's when I think it can kind of get into your legs a bit. But I think Tech, like if if they were playing teams more more in the style of Notre Dame or a, you know a Syracuse, where where you can kind of kind of rest a little bit, I think I think Tech will be fine. And also, if you're just talking momentum shooting wise, that's kind of the only way they can beat Florida State, right? A team that's so much bigger than them is if they if they hit twelve threes. Yes, that's that's the only way they can beat Florida State. And I mean, so, Florida State, we talk about bad matchups. Florida State is a bad matchup for them. Right. So I, I think if if there's a way that you can kind of see a run to the, what what is that, ACC semifinals, it would have to go through probably Wake and then through Florida State. The only way it really happens, I think in my eyes, is if they just shoot the lights out of the ball for at least for for those two games. Um Cause it's a, it's a tough road and it was, it was brutal to watch, uh, to see tech fall on the Florida state line because they're a team that could go on a mini run again, if the, if their shooting's hot, but 
I mean, Florida State has like 12 seven footers. It's just it's just a terrible, <laughs> terrible matchup. Yeah. I mean, Florida State reminds me of like a less skilled North Carolina. They just roll out like six, eight, and six guys like for days. It's it's incredible. And that's also why it it made me it fr- it frustrated me a little bit that Buzz changed things up. And I know it was for senior day, but Buzz has never been, never been sentimental. Never. He's basically a robot, right? And so why change things up when you're really tight in the ACC seedings where, where a loss could be the difference between losing maybe in the first round of the ACC tournament and going on a little bit of a run because Notre Dame is beatable. Tech should have beaten Notre Dame and Castle. And so if you, if you win, if you beat Wake, you're the sixth seed and you play and you play Notre Dame. Like that's, that's what was going to happen. And so I, I just, it, it frustrates me because there's, there was really no reason to do it. it not, it's not especially, especially not when you're playing for something. And I know in theory, probably they're going to be in the tournament, the big dance anyway, but I don't know, man. Like why, why mess with something that's been going so well? Well, mentally too, for seniors, if you're Seth Allen and you're Zach Ledet, getting a start in your last game in Castle Coliseum is fine. I'm sure they feel honored about it, but you know, I, those guys are gamers. So ultimately, you know, if they've been coming off the bench five minutes in all season this year's and performing well that way, I think, you know, for, at least for them, I don't want to speak for them, but I guess I will because this is <laughs> what we're doing right now. Um, it, what does it matter? I think to yeah. your point, Brian, like you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter. And what's more important is, is improving their seed both in the short term and then also for the tournament. I mean, they were looking at possibly being on the seven line respectively and now you're talking eight or nine, and if they flame out in the ACC tournament, it could be worse. Now we can go, we can parse this out soon, but you know, from a seeding standpoint, I mean, it's important right now. Where do you want to end up? Who do you want to end up playing? They had a lot of control yesterday. They had the game in. They were up 13. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it all just fell apart. And it's it's tough to look past the the odd starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to speak for Seth. Allen and Zach Lede too. I don't. I don't think they could care less about about if, about if they start or not. I mean, like they've been our two leading scorers for the last two years. I, I mean, I as a speaking from a fan perspective, I would have been better off and happier with Buzz if he had just started Galloway, given him his minute and a half or his two minutes, and then got him out and played the you know played the rest of the game. Um, but you know, it's what could have been. Right, and if Buzz was sentimental, wouldn't Donald have gotten some minutes? Too? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Why be inconsistent with your sentimentality? Ah. I've thought about this a lot. It's been driving me kind of crazy. Keep you up last night. Um, yeah, I thought about it. I thought about <laughs> it significantly after the game because I, I, it's just one of, that was one of those games where you, you kind of see it. You even see it in the tournament where it feels like one team has been winning by 15 for the entire game. And then you look up and it's tied and you're like, Oh shit. Like, this the team that seems like they're dominating might lose, and that's exactly what happened. Like Tech, Tech played really well for two thirds of that game, and then just, you know, drives yeah. me crazy. So, so can we talk? Um, can we look forward to assuming that Tech is in the NCAA tournament, which is we should all just take a moment to <laughs> celebrate here because it's been a long, long time. I was in college the last time Tech played the tournament. 
Um, Jesus. <laughs> not to date myself, but um, so uh, looking at the ACC tournament, how do you guys feel regarding their chances and where they might end up from a seed standpoint if they, you know, ha- depending upon the outcome of Wake Forest, depending upon the Florida State and, and moving forward, what, what's in it, what's out of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to stay away from looking into too much bracketology, but I indulge a little bit. So I think right now the general consensus is that the tech is probably around the nine, the nine line. And I think they could, you know, go up or down based on, on what happens this week in Brooklyn. Um, you know, I think if they were to, to drop their first game to wake, they would probably fall to that maybe 10 or even 11 range. And, and once you get into that 11 range, you're, you're talking about Dayton and, and kind of the playing games, which is definitely something tech wants to avoid. So I think if Tech were able to, to beat Wake and kind of hover around that that eight or nine line um, is fine. Um, and if they, they are able to make a run and, and you know, get past Florida State and, and, and get into kind of the, the weekend in Brooklyn, then you're only looking at a, a better seed. I don't think there is any way they plan Dayton. I think that is completely off the table. I, I, think, I, they, I think they're off the bubble entirely. Um, so, you, so you think if they they finished the season with two losses to Wake Forest, they wouldn't, you don't think it's not out of the question? No, no, I think it's, I, no. Because Wake is still, right now, playing for their tournament live, which means, like, a win a win over Tech helped them, but that also means that Tech, like, Tech's in. I, I know it's, it's uncomfortable to say, right, Tech's in. Like, their RPI is pretty good, they have, a, they have some solid wins, they've showed really well at the end of the year, like all of that stuff matters. And I, I think it, it's just a, it, it's just going to depend on where they are. Like, I, mean, I, I, no I question. agree. I agree that tech's in, I guess I'm just trained as, you know, as a tech fan to be pessimistic when thinking about the bubble, but, <laughs> but I mean, for eight teams will play in Dayton, four of them being the bubble teams and then four being the, the you know, the 16 seed playing games. So it wouldn't, I don't think it's going to happen. I'll, you know, I'll say that first, but it wouldn't shock me if, if Tech were to lose to Wake Forest if they were in that conversation for being one of the last four teams. So, but right now, Wake is, is probably widely considered as one of those last four in teams, and they're, you know, they've got an RPI of 28 right now. So it's not like losing to them twice is a bad loss necessarily. So would it drop you as you know, that far? I, I mean, from a perception standpoint, I, I would think Tech's, Tech's got solid wins. Um, so on paper, there being in the last four in seems, I don't know. I, I agree with Brian. It seems crazy to me. I guess, I guess we'll see a week away. <laughs> um, I think we're just all scarred. I think that if <laughs> tech yeah, loses, I'm very scarred. I think if tech loses, they'll drop from right now. They're hovering probably around an eight. And I think if they lose, they will be a 10. And if they're a 10 seed at that might work a little better for them to be, to be quite honest. Um, because that, that eight, nine line is so brutal in the tournament. And so I'm not, I'm not hoping that they lose to wake in the tournament because I would much rather them have another win, go, go and in, go into, go into the tournament, uh, with a little bit of momentum. But if they, if they drop off that eight, nine line, no matter how it happens, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I would 100 percent agree. Yeah. I think being in the seven ten game is that that's that's probably the best place to end up because I mean right now I'm looking at Joey Brackett's uh, bracketology from Sunday morning and you know his his two seeds right now are Oregon, Kentucky, Baylor, and Louisville and I'd much rather play those teams than in the second round than playing Kansas, Nova, Carolina, or Gonzaga. 
I mean, Gonzaga, we could make arguments as to whether or not they're the hype is real, but, um, you know, right now I'd, I'd much prefer to play a team as crazy as this sounds, um, like Oregon or, or Baylor. Tech would give up 120 points to Villanova, a hundred and probably like a hundred points to Kansas. Like they would just get, they would lose so badly. And that's such a, that's such a sucky way to end the year too, is just as basically cannon fodder for a team destined to go to the final four. I mean, if, if Tech ends up playing Villanova, I don't care what the over is. I would pound that. I'm, I'm, I'm betting it right <laughs> now. I'm betting it today. All day long. <laughs> and also, if you're, yes. if you're, in that, if, if you're on that 7-10 line, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we've seen 15 seeds win before, especially recently. And so yep. it, you, if you win once, at, I mean, you have no, you have no idea what's going to happen. So I, I think either a seven or a 10, if tech goes on a mini run, I, I could easily see them getting a seven. And if they lose to wake again, they'll probably be a 10. And so either so, way, that's cool with me. So your sevens right now, um, again, just, I'm just looking at, um, Joel he's, he's got Oklahoma state. He's got Maryland. He's got Creighton. And he's got Miami. And so we know tech can play Miami. Well, um, Creighton, I, I think is one of the more crazy seven seeds on paper. They're not that impressive. Maryland is Maryland and Okie state's kind of in a similar boat as Creighton. So those are very, very beatable teams. And, and to know that tech has played up to the level of being seven seed or higher most of the season. And, and they're just sort of going backwards, let's say in the tail end of a brutal ACC schedule, shouldn't really shake anyone's confidence. You know, I almost feel like it's one of those disclaimers we need to add in. So like, don't look so far, like too far into the seed. Just be happy you're there knowing this team's good. Why do people like Miami so much? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Miami's that great. I mean, last year I thought they were pretty damn good. I mean, McClellan was an all ACC type guy. I'm not sold on them this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just cr- it's crazy to me. I don't know. Like, I went. I went. I saw that they were ranked. I, I had no idea. And so when they came into Tech as the 25th best team in the country, I was floored. Like, are you kidding? I know it doesn't matter. They lost both games. Right. 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 Like, uh, I don't know. Um, and they're all all of their top fifty wins are Carolina Tech, UVA, and Duke. Um, only the UVA game was on the road, and that was one of the ugliest basketball games ever played in the history of basketball. So I have so, a I have a philosophy now, by the way, as a, like a quick aside. I just I don't watch Virginia games until the last five minutes, and it <laughs> like it's it's just it's a thing. I see they're on TV. I might check the score once, but then I refuse to watch them until the last five minutes because why waste my time? And yeah. so that was I, one of those I, games. I just I just tuned in late and I got all the fun stuff without the the thirty to twenty halftime score or whatever. Yeah, the the people that say like oh watching you like UVA plays a beautiful brand of basketball like no, it's they fundamental don't. basketball. It's like you're wrong and I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> it's also why I mean this is another conversation that we can talk about maybe in our in our tournament pod. It's also why that they'll they'll never win. Don't, like no matter how highly ranked, no matter what kind of seed they get, they'll never win because they they just don't play well enough on offense. Yep. Um. Just just to just as like a quick note, Jerry Palm, the bracketology guy for CBS, he has Tech as a seven after the loss. So I have really no idea where they sit. Yeah, I think that's what kind of I was getting at. So like right now, Lenardi has him at a nine. 
I, I didn't even know, but Palm has them at a seven. Like who? I you never know what the what the committee is going to do. I think if they lose to Wake, they'll be around that ten, like you said. Yeah. But it wouldn't shock me if they were to fall to an eleven and, and be in the conversation for a playing game. Well, and Lenardi's been sort of um, down on Tech, you know, from a rate, uh, seeding standpoint most of the season. I feel like he's he kicked them out early in the year and brought them back in, and he's never really elevated them anywhere near as high as anybody else. So I, I, I suppose you're right. Like we should probably qualify everything that Lenardi's putting out there. Um, like he he hasn't been quite as as positive on Tech as a lot of other. Uh, guys have been so I think that there's one silver lining their profiles solid I mean yeah people just need to get over the non-conference strength of schedule like what what are you going to do when you when you win 10 games in the by far the hardest conference in the country and you take care of business against some solid teams I mean you can't you gotta you gotta give that a lot of juice when you're trying to rate these teams there's a because there's a lot of unknowns and also I don't care what he says the committee loves Buzz Williams. People love Buzz yes. Williams. And and he's like he seriously as dumb as the sounds, he's the difference between missing the tournament on the bubble and being the last four in. Like it, it won't come down to that this year, but he really is. Like look at those teams at Marquette. There are two two times they had no business getting in the tournament and they did. And then they won, which is cool, but like they shouldn't have been there. So you're saying he's the anti Seth Green? That's that's exactly that, yeah. what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying because <laughs> I mean, Seth Seth just yeah, like, oh yeah. Like if you slam the committee, if you slam the committee, you're not gonna like they're not gonna give you the benefit of the doubt when you say that the committee has a vendetta against you and your school. They're not gonna give you the benefit the the benefit of the doubt. And so like the, people love Buzz. There you go. That's it. Well, and one one of the big things, you know, when you you hear uh, why are they in, why are they out, why do these teams get seated where they do, they they look into injuries and they look into how you played recently. And if you consider the fact that Tex lost arguably their most dynamic player yep. against UVA, won that game, and then has lost two times since, they lost at Louisville, really taking them to the wire, which was impressive on its own. Um, they've beaten a tournament team in Miami. They lost to wake okay but they've still played extremely well they haven't folded in uh, or thrown in the towel you know and i think that that in and of itself should be an added component uh, in their profile okay um yeah. we're we're hitting we're hitting kind of the end mark here so let's um let's just say how far we think tech will go in the acc tournament um and how they'll do on what is that wednesday wednesday is their first game Wednesday the seventh. All right, so Joey, what do you what do you think? Oh, you don't want me to start? Cause yeah, I do because it'll only get because it'll only get better. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I think Tech will squeak by Wake Forest by like a three or four point win, and then lose to Florida State by like double digits. Pearson. That was that was more positive than I expected. From yeah, Joey. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually I actually feel similarly. I think that the the Wake game will be tight. Um, and then I think Florida State is just such a difficult matchup for them, barring some crazy perimeter shooting. I think that will ultimately fall at Florida State, and that's okay. Um, I think they lose to Wake. Oh, Brian! I know. So you're the you're the Debbie Downer. I know. I know. That's why I that's why I saved myself for last because it's it's kind of funny. Um, it I, I think yeah. they I, I think they lose to Wake. I. I think they're going to take a little while to find themselves, and I think they might be pretty down after after that loss. 
Cause they, they, it wasn't just a loss. They like, they lost at home, which they've only done one time before that. And I, I think it, it's not a great way to go into the tournament. And I don't know, this is kind of just in my head and I don't really have the facts to back it up, but it just feels like buzz has always been good in postseason tournaments, both at Marquette and at Tech. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't love, I don't love picking them against Wake Forest, but I'll, I'll go with it. We'll see. Uh, Joey, I hope you don't lose too much money gambling this week. And uh, guys, we'll be, uh, we'll, be, we'll be back Selection Sunday time. Go North, good. Go North Florida.